0: Tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about Mad Dog Time,
1: The Paper Boy,
0: The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films. The World is Wrong About. For the Paperhouse Network,
2: <laughs> I'm Kira Kane, and you're listening to Radio Eight Ball with Andros Jones.
3: Radio Eight Ball, give us a shake. We're
1: in
3: the studio. Tempting fate Wherever you are Putting questions to the songs Which we will randomly Select here with the help Of our friend synchronicity And now it's time for Radio A ball Give us a shout
0: Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The... The Apony
1: Apony. Where we are
0: engaging the pop oracle using the Radio 8 Ball app which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8 Ball as well as a couple of hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app if you're an iPhone user. It's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen Pop Oracle Song of the Day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, I asked... Did I see three witches at the John Bryan Show in 99 during Attic Expeditions? And received as my randomly chosen answer, Creeper Weed, performed by Abby Weems of the band Potty Mouth, live on Radio 8 Ball at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California on February 13th,
1: 2018. You say think I've changed, that I just look the same, and nothing's left of
0: Last week's episode felt like something new. The format led me into some territory where I would otherwise probably have not chosen to go, but I have trained myself to approach these readings with the sense of shamanic acting I was trying to explain last week when discussing the Attic Expeditions, and so I tend to allow these readings to go where they go. Afterward, I was wondering if maybe I should have included a trigger warning, but I really hate those. Not because I'm opposed to giving people a heads up that something might be troubling, or closed to concerns when raised by affected individuals, but I am opposed to the inherent privilege of honoring certain sensitivities in advance over others. I mean, sure, I'm not going to argue, rape is a tough word, but so are words like health insurance, defense spending, and Christmas to some people. I know for a fact that my mere existence is triggering to some folks, and when I'm sporting a mustache, as I am this season, (laughs) forget about it. My experience with the Pop Oracle is that if one is easily triggered, this game will be very challenging for you. It's the nature of oracles that they have a way of revealing our blind spots, which can be embarrassing and even triggering. In fact, if your reading isn't a little bit triggering, you're probably missing something or not being entirely honest with yourself. There is one other thing I wanted to correct from last week that may have confused some of you who have followed my acting career. When I was recounting the male actors I have killed on film, I left out Seth Green in The Attic Expeditions. But this is because when I killed him, he was inhabited by Faith, the character played by Beth Bates. So even though Seth's character did die, I don't feel like my character actually killed Seth because I was killing Beth. But Beth was already dead and Seth wasn't. So you can see how it could get a little confusing. Now. Let's turn our attention to the randomly chosen pop oracle song of the day for today, December 9th, 2020, the day I am writing and recording this. It's a song called Threshold from Myra Flynn, recorded live on Radio 8 Ball at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California on September 30th, 2018.
3: trigger in a starting race Or a heckled singer who won't leave the stage A getaway car with a busted tire. You know this heart of mine has always been a liar But you must want my pretty wings Wrapped around your broken things This is my ode to temporary Around your broken things This is my own To temporary love When they don't know what we know Even if they did, they try to keep control Of something you can only love by letting go Something you can only love here On the threshold, baby Goodbye everything I've ever known in my damn life Cause even when I try to keep you out my mind You come back twice on the threshold, with the blown out candles on a birthday cake, or the best damn dream when I know I gotta wake. Sometime I know the way to your house, but I ain't got no key. Oh, and this heavy heart it keeps haunting me. you must want my pretty wings wrapped around your broken things. This is my ode to temporary love. You must want my pretty wings wrapped around your broken things. This is my ode to temporary. That try to keep control Of something you can only love By letting go Something you can only love here On the threshold, baby Goodbye everything i ever known In my damn life Cause even when I try to keep you Out in my mind You come back twice On the threshold Wrapped around your broken things. This is my own, my own, to temporary love. But what if that's not enough, my pretty wings? Wrapped around your broken things. This is my own, my own, to temporary love. But what if that's not enough, my pretty wings? Wrapped around your broken things. This is my they don't know what we know even if they did they try to keep control to something you can only love by letting go something you can only love here on the threshold
0: wow i really hope you dug that as much as i do Myra's appearance on the show was one of the very special ones. I was introduced to her by the producer Brian Bender, who I met through Gabriel Gordon, who many of you will remember from his many appearances on the show. And he, in fact, was the guest who was asking the question on Myra's episode that initially received Threshold as the answer. His question was about Atlantis, and I'll provide a link to it in the show notes. Myra is just One of those people that I feel extremely graced to have been able to spend four creative hours with in the studio. It was a kind of temporary love, I guess, though not the kind she's singing about in the song. Here's what she had to say about the song at the time.
3: I just think, like, generationally speaking, a lot of people in my age group are... uh, there's a lot of temporary love going on and a lot of acceptance about that. And I've never really known how to feel about that. Excuse me. It's not for me. It's not not for me, but um, I think it gets a little bit weird when it becomes like Mm anti-longevity in relationships. And so um, I was trying to write that song from the perspective of somebody who was trying to understand it a little bit better.
0: Now, my days of this kind of temporary love are pretty much behind me, but I'm not judgmental. Uh, I consider myself to be pretty sex positive. But, as I said, mostly in the past, and mostly hypothetically. But other forms of temporary love, like sharing synchronicity and art with someone like Myra and her friends? Oh, You bet I'm going to continue to be musically promiscuous, and I'm not sorry to have reveled so deeply in the experience of having the pretty wings of Myra's talent wrapped around the broken things in my being. I'm just very glad that I, and you, can always return to that day through the magic of audio. So, what kind of threshold are we on today? Now, there's not a lot of temporary love going on these days, at least not the carnal kind. And it's easy to see this whole Covidian nightmare period as being a threshold to the apocalyptic century which is to come. Certainly, a new style of youthful sexual engagements will be awaiting us on the other side of Covid, And we may find ourselves looking back a little more fondly on the promiscuity of the 20th century than we could see from our session back in Burbank in 2018. All stuff to ponder. As I've been letting you know these last few weeks, I am experimenting with allowing the topic of this coming week's episode of The World is Wrong podcast, where my co-host Brian Connolly and I champion films The World is Wrong About, to inform my question on Radio 8-Ball. This coming week, we are exploring One Trick Pony, the 1980 film starring and written by Paul Simon. It's one of my favorite films and one of my favorite albums, and if you want to know why, you'll have to listen to that episode on the World is Wrong podcast that comes out the Tuesday after this episode is released. I think I relate a little too much to Joan Eleven, Paul Simon's character in the film, or at least I did when I was traveling the country as a songwriter with a band putting out records and trying to get known. Like that character, my band was far too good for the gigs I could get them and eventually moved on. Like his character, even though I was trying to be a nice menschy guy, I kept pissing off and offending the people who could help me. For all the right reasons, of course, but not always toward any thoughtful end, except maybe having a great story to tell at the bar. I didn't know any of this when I was a 12-year-old kid playing the one-trick pony cassette over and over on my Walkman, and I didn't see the film until I'd already been touring for ten years, so I don't think it influenced my behavior. but. From the standpoint of synchronicity, temporal timelines are not always as they appear, and I do feel like my own life's journey is reflected in the ritual of one trick pony in a way that feels very intimate. This isn't to suggest that I feel like I have any particularly intimate relationship with Paul Simon, or that he has one with me, but there is still an intimacy there which art creates, and engenders. In doing my research for our One Trick Pony episode on the World is Wrong podcast, I came across the band Stuff. Stuff was a band that featured Steve Gadd on drums, Richard T. on keyboards, and Eric Gale on lead guitar, and all three of these musicians, with bass player Tony Levin, were in the One Trick Pony band that was featured in the film and on the album. When I checked out some live videos of stuff performing before the One Trick Pony album had been recorded, I recognized certain riffs and grooves that later appeared on One Trick Pony. Now, I love Paul Simon, but he is no stranger to accusations of appropriation to outright plagiarism. And with that in mind, I am left with this question. I have now opened up the Radio 8 Ball app and I'm going to ask my question. Does Paul Simon owe stuff writing credit for One Trick Pony? And now I'm going to give it a shake. Oh. It's from Carolyn Kane and a song called Good.
1: I can drink till I die
0: That was good from Kirilyn Kane, recorded on Radio 8 Ball Live at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, on July 29th, 2018. That was the answer to my question, which is, does Paul Simon owe stuff writing credit for One Trick Pony? And... I'm going to give you my immediate in-the-moment response now, and then I'm going to take a couple days and think about it and come back and give you my last thoughts before this posts. So, uh, let's see. So, well, the song seems like it's a song that is basically saying that some forms of morality or moralizing don't apply. So she's saying that she doesn't want to be good she doesn't want to be right. And in a way, you could see this with Paul Simon. You could see this just in the whole idea. So one of the things that came up in on the World is Wrong podcast, I did an interview with Jordan Summers for this podcast. And during that, I had asked him to talk a little bit about what it's like as a side musician to play with... Major songwriters or stars, and how much you expect to be credited for your work when you're jamming with a famous songwriter. Then they go away and use what came out of that jam session to write their song. And he basically said a lot of like what this song is saying about is like the rules are different depending upon who you're with. And he was saying, if I got booked to go into a session with Paul Simon or Paul McCartney and I played something and it ended up in one of their songs. He'd expect that songwriter to take the songwriting credit because I guess because they've earned it. I feel a little bit more moralistic about this as a songwriter and someone who has had people take credit for my work or has, and and I've also tried very hard to credit people for their work on my stuff. um, Maybe I have different rules for myself and, Maybe the song, the uh, the players who would play with me would have different rules if they were playing with me. Although I've rarely had people claim credit for songs I wrote, I maybe if they'd been more successful, they would. But yeah, this is odd. It's a song that's kind of saying that, at least the writer is saying that. I don't know. Boundaries don't apply. Yeah. Through a door and a dream, all night I have come to find nothing true but desire. You know, it's like, it's like the Aleister Crowley. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is someone who's overcome with desire. There's a well of longing I can drink until I die. Oh, until I die. That's how, Those are the lyrics in the song. And so I feel like the song is saying that, no, Paul Simon does not owe stuff writing credit for their work on One Trick Pony. Look at this last, there's, there's so few lyrics in the song, I feel like we can unpack all of them. Uh, it ends with, The man in the mountain told me I was brave, but he never said why. Then he choked up his sorrow, made a river, and he drowned. I don't know, that kind of, That I, in a way that feels like me, the one sort of holding this moralistic line from inside of a cave that nobody's trying to bust into, as opposed to, you know, from the center of the maelstrom of a celebrity songwriter's life and work. So here I am choking up my sorrow and drowning in it. Um... And then, she, and then she reaches out saying, won't you try to reach me, my love, my love, through the hundred wooden walls between us, basically crash down these barriers and boundaries because she's saying, I don't want to be good, I don't want to be right, I don't want to be good. So it's an interesting contradiction because I've been thinking a lot about Good boundaries and wondering about how sometimes, and this is for me, I'm not talking about if someone else gives me a boundary and I, I feel obliged to honor it or let them know that I'm not going to honor it, but I'm going to remove myself from the situation where I'm being asked to honor something I can't. At the same time, I think about some of the ways that I have set up boundaries between myself and other people, and I'm constantly questioning if holding those boundaries is a matter of integrity or a matter of i don't know privilege cowardice uh, unwillingness to as i was talking about earlier to allow to be vulnerable and to potentially be triggered um it's a lot to think about, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the next couple of days thinking about this, and then the day before this podcast is released, I'll come back to it, I hope, with some new insights to share. We shall see.
2: I heard that song a long time ago, um, and I think it was uh, exploring the idea of fitting properly into what I was told was human life and, and a box, what felt really constricting about choices and behavior and how to be mm-hmm. a person. And I just understood that there would be this longing always and that there was no correct method in order to avoid it. And I didn't want to just follow the correct procedure. I wanted to somehow be free of all of that and truly live. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where th- that comes from.
0: Cool. So good is sort of what, the, when you say good in the song. Maybe what, proper. So maybe
2: uh, it's in the line. song is
0: a reaction to the concept of good. Right. Got it. Hmm. There's a lot going on in this reading. Some of it is below the surface and can't be spoken here as it's not mine to share. I can tell you what has come up for me around it. First of all, in thinking about Kira's song and the concept of goodness that she is confronting, what became clear to me is that the opposite of the goodness she's rebelling against isn't badness or evil, but wildness. Not in the sense of pushing the limits of excess so much as expanding the limits of possibility. In the meantime, I couldn't help but think of Myra Flynn's threshold as a response from a different kind of wildness that seeks consistency over diversity when it comes to the broken things she wraps her pretty wings around. Even Abby Weems and her experience at Feral Audio that led to the creation of Starburn's Audio is a story about a redefinition of boundaries and what it means to be good in a time of fresh sensitivity. Listening back to this session, thinking about Kira and Myra and Abby and my role as a host of a synchronicity show, a male host often working with talented and beautiful young women such as these, and the navigation this requires on all our parts... I know where my boundaries are when it comes to my guests and this game, and pursuing them romantically is definitely outside of my comfort zone. Being pursued by a guest is a little bit more difficult to make a ruling on, and I try to take that on a case-by-case basis, but never lightly. Thing is, my guests don't know any of this. and four hours in the studio doing musical divination is really intimate. Since nobody who is new to this format can possibly be prepared for what we do, since no other show like this exists, and since I know how powerful it is and my guests can't, there is some level of bait-and-switch non-consensuality to every Radio 8 Ball show. I mean, this game is kind of a psychedelic after all, so in some sense, it's like I'm dosing my guests. You as well, but the investment of a musical guest on the show is, you know, it's deep. Anyway, as I was trying to explain in the opening about trigger warnings and Radio 8 Ball, the whole thing is designed to be triggering, but in a good and healthy way. And while this is true of the Radio 8 Ball format, I can't promise it has always been true of me as a host. I've had crushes on guests. I still do. On lots of them. Not sexual crushes, mostly. The much deeper crushes are art crushes. And I have them with male as well as female artists. In life, I am... painfully straight in my carnal desires. But as the host of Radio 8 Ball, I find that my eroticism, freed by the monkish boundaries I impose upon myself, has a much broader spectrum of expression. I had the same experience as a bartender. Something about being behind the bar makes it safe to flirt with everyone. Likewise, hosting a musical divination with a musical guest is like being in the same band for a day, which is like being in the same family for a day. It's intimate. I don't know if my guests remember these engagements this way, but I do. Finally, as far as this reading is concerned, it has pushed me towards a personal realization that is going to affect you as a listener to this podcast. I really like how this episode has turned out, and as far as my question was concerned, I kind of felt like I was going through the motions to try to entice you to check out the World is Wrong podcast about One Trick Pony, which I really hope you do. And while the song did work as an answer to my question about Paul Simon, the larger reading was way more personal for me. Honoring wildness over goodness is a great challenge for someone like me who has such an affinity for ritual. There's nothing wrong with repetition, but it's best when its rigidness is balanced with flexibility and wildness. So, I'm gonna try something new. For at least a little while, I'm going to stop releasing these podcasts every Sunday at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm still going to try and do one a week, but I'm not going to force it. When I have a serious, sincere question, I'll do an episode about it. When there's an important event, I'll do an episode about that. And if it feels like not having a schedule is hurting the show, I'll return to putting them out weekly at a specific time on a specific day. If you're someone who counts on Radio 8 Ball every Sunday and this change really messes with you, I'm sorry. And if it's really a drag, please reach out and let me know because that will affect, I don't know, how I approach this going forward. On the other hand, ever since I gave up forcing the guest thing to work, and started just surrendering to doing these shows on my own, I've kind of been enjoying the freedom of these episodes, and I hope you have too. My intention in untethering ourselves from our rigorous schedule, while still trying to maintain a similar pace, is to expand this freedom. All of this makes this episode a genuine, genuine, Threshold show. So there you go, all you Myra Fliniacs out there. Oh, and I should point out that I missed mentioning a major threshold on December 9th when I was recording my question, as that was the day before the beginning of this year's eight days of Hanukkah. And I hope that yours is, was, and might be a happy one full of light and love. And now I'd like to thank you for giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening. Please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball in your podcast app, and if you like the show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course, we encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store and check out our merchandise at the link on our website. And finally, I do hope you'll join our Patreon campaign. The Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with the randomly chosen Pop Oracle Song of the Day for December 12th, 2020, when I am recording this outro. It's Caroline Keys performing A Grainy Taste live on Radio 8 Ball at Black National Studio in Missoula, Montana on January 24th, 2018. And with that, I'm out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle
1: took our pants in our boots and set out for midnight our twirling tongues picking lots